choose you more than anything that we call necessary or important. Lord, we come tonight and we lay aside our agendas and you see the hearts. Lord, I can just, I sense tonight the perfume that is so well-pleasing before you as your people have worshipped you from their heart tonight. We come in your presence and Lord, we praise you for the privilege and the honor to worship our King and our Lord tonight. Lord, you are more necessary than the meat, than what we drink, than anything else. Lord, you're more important than what people can think. Lord, it doesn't matter anymore. Lord, we desire you. We come into this place, Father, seeking you. That lives are transformed and changed and touched. Because you are the miracle worker. You still are. Jesus. You're the one who comes walking in our Jesus. waves of storms. Jesus. You know, let me tell you something about Peter. When he got out of that boat, how many of you know he expected to walk on the water? Yes. And when he saw the waves and he started sinking, the unexpected started happening. And like he started crying out to Jesus, you know, this isn't what I had planned. How many of you have ever stepped out by faith and it wasn't exactly what you had planned? You know, I was going to love this person and reach out to this person. And, you know, I was going to just go to church and things were going to be this way and that way. And they just didn't turn out the way I planned. Well, how many of you know Peter didn't get out of that boat planning on sinking, but he did. But I thank God that he sunk. So that we could see when we're seeking and things just don't work out exactly like we planned. He's got his hand there to reach it. Pick us up and walk with us and teach us how to walk on waves and yeah. in the storm, in the midst of the storm. So just because yeah. things didn't work out for me today or this morning or yesterday or even this week or maybe this year. It doesn't mean things are going to start turning around and start working out for me tonight, tomorrow, and the rest of this year. I'm going to get out and I'm going to praise God that He is the one who walks on the water. He's the one who brings peace to my storm. He's the one who gives me hope for tomorrow. He's the Alpha. Come on. And He's the Omega. He's the beginning of the end. And I'm going to get out of the boat again. Come on, man. I'm going to trust my Jesus. Jesus. Come on, do you trust Jesus tonight? Show him you trust him. Praise him. Praise the name Jesus. of the Lord. Show him that you trust him. Praise Jesus. him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him in the midst of the storm. I trust my Jesus. Jesus. I trust his Jesus. I love you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you that you come to me. Lord, and even as the disciples that night, they didn't recognize you. It's like you snuck up on them. And Lord, how many here tonight and maybe listening by internet or CD, they don't know what they're going to do. But you got a way of coming in from behind. And they may not recognize that you're already there with the answer. (laughs) But you said you're going to be there. And you're not going to leave us or forsake us. So, Lord, I praise you that you are the wave walker. I praise you that you calm the storms and the raging seas. And though I don't see you and you didn't come the way you came the last time, you're still going to show up. And so, Lord, I just praise you right now that you're calming the storms of lives and bringing peace to their minds and their hearts in the precious name of Jesus. And, Lord, I I just want to agree. We just want to agree with the prayer that Brother David prayed.
prayed at the end of the service. Seal the work you did yeah. in the souls that came up here this morning. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, seal the perfect work that you did in their lives and their hearts and their minds. Seal the work, Lord, of these precious ones who came before you. Lord, I praise you for the work you're doing in our lives as we give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Listen, I want, we're going to turn around as we always do and shake hands and hug a neck. But listen, tell somebody your name and ask them your name. If, you're, if you think they might ought to know your name by now, tell them your name anyway because they may not know. We got some people just came here for the first time this morning. Hallelujah. Just turn around and just shake somebody's hand, hug their neck. Introduce yourself. You can take a while. Introduce yourself and just bless them. awesome about that song is not only do we sing a love song to him, he turns around and sings a song over you and me. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can't outdo Jesus as far as singing goes. After he broke bread, he said, we got to sing a song. It says he sings over you. And so we just praise God. Thank you for being here tonight. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God you're here. I want to share something with you in Titus chapter 3. And while you're looking that up, don't forget... Uh, August 27th, this Thursday, 6.30 here at church is the ladies mentoring. Everybody's welcome. Every lady's welcomed. I don't think you guys want to come, but every lady's welcome. And, man, they, already, they always have a feast. We just lucked out last time that the ladies' meeting was the same time the men's meeting was. And uh, they had a few men who were saying, man, I'm hungry. I said, hey, y'all stick with me. Let's go sneak back there. And they always have a lot of food. So I tell you what, it was fun. And... Uh, Sister Jen Safeli is not here, but the Silent Siege is August 29th. To meet here at church at 8.30 and go to Shreveport and intercede for it, the, the, uh, abort, in front of the abortion clinic in Shreveport for the innocent blood. And what an honor and what a privilege. <laughs> so people look at the Hallelujah. Get that off of me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Titus chapter 3. I want to share something with you. I want to read out of the New American Standard. Titus chapter 3, verse 14. This is a New American Standard. So if you don't have this translation, you may want to listen to hear what this says. Our people must also learn to engage in good deeds, to meet pressing needs, so they will not be unfruitful. I want to share that again. Our people must also learn. Say learn. You know, that there, there are things we learn, and we've got to learn how to engage in good deeds. You may not know what to do at the very beginning, but we learn how to do it. You learn as you do it many times. The Spirit teaches you to meet pressing needs 
so that our lives may, be, may not be unfruitful. How many of you know we are told to bear fruit? And, and one of the things I want to share with you, you know, there's, there's little Joy Massey right here. I tell you, we're so proud of her. This girl is so strong. She's stable. She's established. Got a good head on her shoulders. I'm so proud. She has taken on the challenge of our uh, college and career age. And you're going to be seeing it in the ministries real soon. And she's going to be putting her phone number out there not to be bothered, but uh, to be called. And uh, we're proud to see another ministry arising. And uh, like this morning, you saw the multitudes. I call them multitudes because for us it was. You saw the people lined up here. And, and, and I, I want to ask you, it says our people learn to engage to meet the pressing needs. There are people diagnosed with cancer, loved ones with AIDS. There are things that we can't even imagine what people in this audience, over 500 people on Sunday mornings, and then the people standing up here, we don't know the pressing needs, but all I do know is we only have a few hours to be a word of encouragement or to minister love to someone. And I want to encourage you, listen, Brother Benny was doing such a good job this morning and others. I want to encourage you, uh, be a part with Sister Kay and, and Sister Kathy and so many others to get these cards and write their names down and meet them and find out if there's something, there's a prayer need. In the prayer room, we have Bibles, nice Bibles to give away and brochures and prayers and material, CDs and, and, and uh, tapes and different things that people can take home for them free. And so I want to ask you, talk to uh, Sister Kate, Benny, uh, talk to some of these about, look, I want to be part of the altar team. I want to learn how to engage and, and uh, speak to people, pray with people. You may say, I don't know how to pray for people. Look, the Bible says, open your mouth and I will fill it. But all I do know, church, there's something happening that's God. And people say, you know, I want to be part of what God's doing. You know, they may not be coming out of the well chairs by the hundreds yet, but they are converting and falling on their knees and repenting before God, and that's the gospel. Amen. And if you want to be a part of something and you want to sow and you want to be fruitful, be a part of, of, of ministry, be a part of the sound booth, be a part of the worship team. Uh, if you know how to pay to play the keyboard, uh, talk to Brother Jake. Uh, if you've got a good voice, uh, talk to Brother Jake. And, and if you want to be part of the Sunday school, the children's ministry, we're so honored. I mean, there's Sister Sherry and Brother Shane and Sister Tracy was here Friday night with, the, I called it the lockdown. They call it the lock-in. And they were here with over 90 kids from 8 in the afternoon to 8 the next morning. Man, you you, you got to be bored or committed to be with kids that long. And, and they were here, and uh, then they rested a little bit Saturday, and we we're so thankful for that. A lot of parents I saw went out on dates and had a good time, and, and we sure appreciate that. But you, we can't do it without volunteers. And, and I want to encourage you. That we, we are in a time of harvest. One of the things I didn't say this morning that I didn't say but I want to share with you right now is... When the woman at Samaria, when she, after Jesus was talking to her and, and, and was ministering to her and, and, and uh, just getting down and touching her heart, she says she has found the thing that she wanted and she needed because Jesus took the time out of, he says, I've got to go through Samaria to talk to her. Sometimes you may have to cross just the building. You don't have to go to Samaria. You just cross the building or the aisle to meet somebody, to touch their lives. And I just want to encourage you, it, it, be engaged in ministry. 
You can never love enough. Let me tell you a testimony. I had a family come up to me at the back door this morning. And the, the husband, the daddy, introduced me to himself and his wife and their daughter, who's 26 years old and is going to LC. They've been driving from Houma, Louisiana, which is about three hours to here, looking for a church for the last few weeks. And when they were leaving, they said, we found our church and we want... They entrusted us with their 26-year-old daughter. And they told me the back door, they said, this church has love as well as the word. You know, that's what he says, you know they're my disciples by their what? By their love. And I believe we're getting a greater breakthrough. And I believe that Jesus is going to be seen in this place and in our lives and in every area more and more and more. And this family from home says, we're going to, we're going to commit our daughter to you. And, uh, you know, thank God that... Uh, uh, Jessica met her, but I told Joy about her. And, uh, you know, there's people coming in here that you may be hearing for the first time tonight. And we're so grateful that you are. And I just want to make sure we all get engaged in some type of ministry and get to know them and reach out to them and love on them. There's so many I don't get to meet, and they run out the other door because the line's long at this door. But, but we can all reach out and engage. And you say, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Just go up and let the Lord fill your mouth. And, and, and he'll fill it. And, and I'll tell you, let's uh, be impacting to somebody's life. They'll never forget you. They never forget the love and the time you gave. And we spoke uh, Wednesday night discipleship about the, let the little children come to me and Jesus speaking to women, which was against the rules back then. And, and he just, I'm going to break traditions and I'm going to reach out to lives. I don't see gender. I don't see age. I see lives. And that's what we want to be about here at Word of Grace is lives. Amen. Amen. So with us, just come forward. We're going to receive this afternoon's offerings and tithe. Our people must learn to engage in good deeds and meet the pressing needs so they will not be unfruitful or, as the New International says, unproductive lives. So, Father, we come tonight and we thank you that we are productive, that we're busy. We will be found busy about kingdom work. We will be busy to, Lord, to be found about what matters to you, which is lives, which is people. You came to seek and to save those who are lost. So, Lord, I praise you that you are putting within our hearts the desire, the passion to touch lives and, and meet people. Lord, I ask you to bless each and every one. I pray divine protection over their jobs, their finances, their homes. Thank you that the thief cannot enter in to steal, kill, or destroy in any way. We praise you for the power of the blood and the word that seals the saints. And we give the glory and praise to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, church. Look at the way the flowers bloom for you. They want to show you their beauty, Lord Running waters dance You and I romance Unto you be all the glory Unto you be all the glory And unto you be all the glory unto you be all the glory
Around you, my soul can't dance without you. Open up the heavens, Lord, let your kingdom come to earth. Cause unto you be all the glory, unto you be all the glory, and unto you. dance around you the earth that sings about you open up the heavens Lord let your kingdom come to earth my praises all surround you my soul can't dance without you Lord open up the heavens Lord let your kingdom come to earth and unto you be all the glory and unto you be all the glory yes lord and unto you be all the glory and unto you be all the glory and unto you lord be all be all the glory jesus now unto you be Unto you be all the glory. Unto you be all the glory. Hallelujah. Give the Lord glory. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You preaching tonight? No? Okay. No. Hallelujah. Well, we welcome you here. We're glad you're here. We bless you in the name of Jesus. I want to continue tonight. We were last week talking about uh, the second coming and being prepared. And, you know, when you study the message of the second coming, it's more about the bride being prepared than it is about signs or times. We don't know when Christ is coming back, but we do know we need to be ready. And so I want you to look with me, and I just want to go back to Luke chapter 21. And I won't keep you long tonight, so don't be worried about the time, because I won't keep you long. How many times have y'all heard me say that? But I'm, I'm going to learn, because I know you've got school, and I know a lot of people get up early, so I'm going to try to uh, respect that. But I do want to share a little bit with you tonight. I believe some things that would just, the Bible says we're to encourage, warn, and edify one another with this message. And in Luke chapter 21, 
Verse 36. Here's an important word. The Leving Bible says to keep alert at all times. The New King James says, Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass. They will come to pass. And to stand before the Son of Man. Boy, there's ever been an awakening scripture. That's an awakening scripture. Work, keep alert, watch, be on guard, pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape. I don't know about you, but I want to escape the coming tribulation. I don't want to stick around and be stung by giant scorpions and make a science fiction looking movie, live, live out those things. I want to be on glory, running on streets of gold and being in the presence of Jesus. Amen? I don't want to be caught at the wrong place. And not be counted worthy before the Lord. And Jesus was teaching this. So we want to study some things tonight. And I want to start in in the same chapter 21. But I want to go to verse 6. And let's just see how Jesus speaks here. In Luke chapter 21 verse 6. These things which you see. The days will come in which not one stone shall be left upon another. That shall not be thrown down. Uh, I don't know if you know this. But the temple was destroyed ten times. Since Jesus spoke this. Verse 7. So they asked him saying. Teacher. But when will these things be? And what sign will there be. When these things are about to take place? He said. Take heed. That you are not deceived. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he. And the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. Let's stop here. And if you're taking notes, this will be real simple. But Jesus taught it, and it's something we've got to hold in our heart. What is the signs of the time? Jesus Jesus just spoke one of them, and I'll just give you a few tonight. There's going to be a strong area of deception. He says, you want to know how to prepare for the end times? Be careful for deception. Not only will many come and say, I'm the Christ, but many will say, there's the Christ over there, or, you know, this is Jesus, or, or uh, you know, a new age, or occultism. And, and listen, I believe he's saying about watch and pray. Church, we've got to be grounded in the Word and pray. He said, pray for discernment. Pray for discernment. Learn to use the Word of God to discern what is of the flesh and what's not. These are days where, listen, it says study to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing or or discerning the word of truth. He is saying you have the responsibility to be searching the scriptures and find the things you hear is true or not. You have the responsibility to be opening the Word of God, examining your life. And it's amazing as we've been teaching our repentance on Sunday morning as the door to peace, but also about watch and pray. Be careful. Watch that the, play, the day doesn't come upon you unaware. And that the, while the, the billions are being taken, you be left behind. And we're being warned here by Jesus. And we're warned by Peter. And we're warned by, by Paul to be careful about that day. So he speaks here about a lot of deception. It's amazing. You can also, uh, we won't look at it, but write down Matthew 24, verses 4 and 5, says the same thing. Matthew chapter 24, 4 through 5, the same account that it says, many are going to be deceived. Look at your name and say, not me in the name of Jesus. Not me in the name of Jesus. Many will be deceived. And, you know, there's always been deception. 
And the Bible says that the heart of many will grow cold and many will be looking for things to make their flesh feel excited. And many will look for things, itching ears, preachers to preach what they want to hear and they be able to discern, well, you know, I don't like this type of preaching so I'll go here. Look, treating church like restaurant where we've got to say, Lord, I want the truth. No matter if it pricks me, no matter if it tears me down, no matter if it corrects me, no matter if it rebukes me. I shared on Wednesday nights for discipleship, David said, if you slap me, it'll be counted as kindness. And if you rebuke me, I'll call it love because it's about my life and not worrying about hurting me, but about helping me. And Jesus is warning about deception. And in the uh, 30-something years that I've been saved, and my dad being a pastor, and us being in the ministry for 28 years, it's amazing how easy it is for someone to start off and then get deceived and believe a lie, go, go out into left field, believe different things. Uh, it's amazing how, you know, you can love your pastor and you can love the men of God, but you hear exciting things happening and you don't walk into sermon and you go to another state or you go to another place because you hear that miracles are happening. But then all of a sudden, it's not long before that and you've been warned, I don't have a piece about that. Oh yeah, but they're doing this and they're doing that. And you follow over there and before you know it, you find out there's things being done in the flesh, there's occultic spirits operating, there's mishandling of funds, there's all kind of sexual affairs, you start hearing all the kind of stuff, you go, why didn't I see that? Well, you were being told, go in discernment, pray, be careful. I don't have a piece about that, but, but because you hear of the excitement, we follow men, and in these last days, that's going to multiply more and more, and psychics saying they're prophesying and, and having words. We've got to make sure that everything we hear lines up with the Word of God. Because Jesus warns us, you want to know the end time sign? Deception. That even the very elect to be deceived. Deceiving ourselves and being deceived. Sometimes we like so much what we see and we hear, we want to be deceived because we're looking for something because we don't have the real thing deep down in our heart. And I believe that's part of that breaking process that, that is happening in our lives the occults, and, 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 and listen to this, 2 Corinthians 11, we won't go there, but it talks about why are you listening to another gospel? Paul is telling his disciples, wasn't what I taught you enough? Why do you have to go look for another gospel? Uh, something that is not what I've taught you, something that is different, something that is, and in those days in Corinthians, the uh, teachers were giving them a uh, free room to practice sexual immorality and that, you know, Paul's too rough and Paul's too tough. And he's saying, I gave you the gospel given to me by the Holy Spirit and by Jesus. There is no other gospel. And so we have to stick to the gospel. And I believe that's what we've been hearing more and more on Sunday morning. He says, they have another spirit and you don't know what spirit they are of. So we need to pray and be alert. One thing about the enemy... There's the divine trinity, and then there's the demonic copy. Whenever you find the real, you'll find a copy. And so that's what I want to tell you about this area of deception. Like fool's gold. How many of the men in the 1800s lost their lives over thinking they found gold, and it was nothing but a copy? We have to be careful. I want the real thing. I want something that is birthed from the Spirit. Something that comes out of pure heart and a pure spirit. And so whenever there's the real, the devil tries to come in with a counterfeit. And so we, as the church of Jesus Christ, being warned about deception in the last days, we have to pray, Holy Spirit, we want what's real. 
We don't want the counterfeit. We don't want what's conjured up even maybe with a familiar spirit. We want the real. Aaron's sons offered up strange fire and God killed them. We have to be careful that what we hear and what we see, make sure it lines up with the word of God. Because if there's something real, there's something counterfeit. The devil's even called the angel of light. So we've got to get trained in the doctrine of the word, get grounded. And listen, you've got to know what you believe and you've got to know what you stand for. Because one thing that's easy to be deceived is in areas that we don't have knowledge or light in. But listen, that's why we have a table in the foyer that has all these concordances and all these Bibles. If you have a question about something you hear me preach, or you have a question about something you hear somebody preach on the TV or radio, you get you some study books, you write those words down, you take notes, and you go to the Word, and you search the Scriptures for yourself to see if these things are true or not. Amen, church. Listen. Uh, I love you, you love me. Many of you have known me now for going on 10 years. But listen, I am a human, I am a man, and I can mess up just like anybody else can. And anybody you know can. You pray for me. I pray for you. But you are responsible of searching out the Scriptures to see what's true and what's not true. And listen, the Bible talks about not being lazy. And a lot of times as believers... We are lazy and not searching out to see what's true or what's not true. And so we have to be careful. We have to be grounded and you've got to know what you know. Because when you know what you know, you'll take a stand. Because he's going to talk about another sign that's coming. It's called persecution. And so when the persecution comes, what you really believe, you really have to know what you believe to take a stand. Because some will come and go, well, you know, I really don't believe that way. You know, I, I think that that Book of Mormon has some stuff that we need to get a hold of. Because, you know, it'll uh, help us in some areas. Listen to me. Angels of lights sound good. And look, the, the Mormon, for example, have, a, a good, have the best commercials. And seem like the most family-oriented but they do not believe in the blood sacrifice. They believe in Jesus Christ. But they do not believe that his blood was really the blood of God ran down the cross of Calvary. And if you study, I've studied it. If you study their doctrine, it's demonic. It's of an angels of light. It's from Lucifer itself. And so in these areas, we have to take heed. I'm not attacking the people. I'm calling the doctrine a lie. And so we have to be careful in these days that everything lines up with the Word of God and that we're not going with the doctrine of devils as the Word of God calls it. Now I want you to see something else here. In Luke 21, uh, verse 9, it says, But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified. Another translation, don't panic. How many know there's a lot of panicking right now what's happening in America around the world? Jesus is saying, hey, chill, baby. I'm in control. I'm telling you these things are coming, so just be ready. Don't panic. You want an end-time message? Don't fall in deception and don't panic. Don't get worked up about it. Where's the beans? How are we going to survive? Don't get worked up about it. Get grounded in the Word of God. It says, don't be terrified, for these things must come to pass first. And then the end will certainly come. So let me tell you a few things that it says here. Number one, write this down. Verse 9. International distress. International distress. And the first thing he speaks is war. 
And I'm, just going, I'm not going to go into a lot of things tonight because I told you I won't keep you long. So let me give you this to you real quickly. International distress. Jesus speaks of four things. Number one, war. Distress among the nations. Let me just give you one study and I won't take much time. There, right now as we speak, there is over 67 wars going on worldwide. Over 67 wars worldwide and it's increasing. And so don't be distressed when you hear about what's happening. The conflicts around the world have doubled since 1989. They've doubled. I'm going to tell you things that accelerating. The signs of the time are accelerating. But praise God, so is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. But he wants us to know about these things. Number one. Number two, it says in verse 11, earthquakes. Now, if you're taking notes, I want to share something with you about earthquakes. What I'm getting ready to tell you is earthquakes of the magnitude of 6.0, the big ones. I'm not talking about all earthquakes. I'm only talking about earthquakes that are over 6.0. Listen to this. In the 1800s, the whole century of the 1800s, there was only 645 earthquakes above a 6.0. 645 earthquakes for 100 years. Now, listen to this. Since 1994 to the year 2000, there has been 1,163 earthquakes. In other words, there's been twice as many earthquakes in six years as there was in a whole century. How many knows things are accelerating? Amen. Jesus said there was going to be earthquakes. And so there's been over 1,163 earthquakes just in the year 1994 to the year 2000. Sign number three. Famine. It's in verse 11. Famine. Over one billion people have some area of hunger around the world. One billion people. And then 3.5 million people are threatened daily with hunger. 3.5 million. No, I'm sorry. 35 million. I'm sorry. 35 million are threatened with famine and death daily. A big percentage of that is North Korea. A lot of these countries that, you know, we want to talk peace to. And we want to talk peace about and get peace with. Listen, they don't have compassion for mankind. Their people are starving so they can build their armory and try to take over the world. They have the Antichrist spirit and they, they want to kill, they want to steal and destroy. And so we've got to pray for the protection of our nation and the nations that believe in Jesus. But 35 million people are threatened every day with death and hunger. Number four, Jesus speaks about epidemics. He speaks about sickness and disease in many lands. Listen to this. Since 1980... If infections and diseases around the world has grown 68%. 68%. How many of you right now, have you listened to the news, how many of you hear about the swine flu or the H, whatever they want to call it? I call it under the blood and the curse. Amen, that's what I call it. It's under the blood and the curse. And you and I, by the name of Jesus, is not going to have it. Can I hear an amen? amen. Do you agree with that? Do you agree that there's not one sick or feeble among us in the name of Jesus? Do you agree with that? Amen. Hallelujah. But infections, diseases, infections and diseases have grown 68%. And this is the thing that is part of the signs of the time. They find a cure, but it isn't long 
that another type of disease is growing or there's immunity to the uh, medicine that they invent for it. So listen, without Jesus, there's not a whole lot of hope. But once again, Jesus says, do not panic, hallelujah. They are looking for uh, ways out. I am the truth and the way and the door and the life. Amen. So I'm not sharing these things to spook you, but to be conscious of that we are living in the end times. Amen. So one thing, you hold your place there. I, I want to pray this over you because it's a promise in Isaiah 33 verse 6. Isaiah 33 verse 6. I just want to claim this over you. There's more than six, 7,000 promises in the Bible, but I wanted to just pray this with you. What do we do about the war and the famine and the diseases and the earthquakes and the perils? What do we do? Here it is, Isaiah 33 verse 6. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. And the strength of the Lord, the fear of the, the strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord is His treasure. If we want to walk right and we want to be okay in the end times, we want to make sure that we're walking in the fear of the Lord and we're growing in wisdom and in knowledge. It shall be the stability of your times. So that we don't go around panicking. We get founded in the Word. Knowing that these things, things will come. And listen, you know what? Things are accelerating. And I'm going to share with you a, a, a study in a few minutes. But listen, in the midst of anything and everything that can happen, there is a peace that passes all understanding that can keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. And I believe in the same Savior and God as John the Revelator had. They tried boiling him in oil, and all he did was tell him, throw in a few carrots because I'm not going to cook. They threw him on an island, and they tried killing him time and time again, and they couldn't kill him. And that's one of the things I want you to go back with me to the book of Luke 24 and I want to share with you uh, as we finish here. I told you I was going to try to hurry tonight. Luke chapter 24, verse 12. 21, thank you, Brother Benny. Luke 21, verse 12. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you to the synagogues and prisons... You will be brought before kings and rulers for my sake. But it will turn out for you as occasion for testimony. Brother Russell, what are we going to do with this flu outbreak? An occasion for a testimony. What are we going to do about the hunger around the world? An occasion for a testimony. What are we going to do about the economy and all the things that we're hearing about? An occasion for a testimony. You're not going under, you're going over, and you're going to be used for the glory of God. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, an occasion for a testimony. Now, one of the things that talks about perilous times, there's a word used in Thessalonians that talks about a demonic time. And it's the same word to describe the two demon-possessed men that Jesus got on the island and they ran up to him. And they were so controlled by devils that the people in the regions were scared of him. And it, it was a word that being terrified by the power of the demonic forces holding down or controlling these two men. 
And it talks about in the latter times, there will come perilous times and people will be fearful and, and their hearts will be fainting for them. And it, and it talks there about the demonic presence will be so strong as it was upon those two men that many people will be staying away from those men and scared. But how many of you know that Jesus had a greater authority and what men were scared of and could not handle in the natural, our Jesus could handle in the supernatural. And that's the power that's available to the church and as the end times accelerate, I believe that the acceleration of the anointing and the power that's in the name and the blood and the word of Jesus Christ is going to be manifested among the people and whatever demonic would try to appear, I believe that there is a stronger power and that's the power of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and I believe that everything that you and I may be confronting will turn into a testimony for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now he's talking here about the destruction of, destruction of Jerusalem and the persecution. And what he's talking about is it happened, the destruction and the persecution of Jerusalem happened ten times. And it started right after Pentecost as you can read in the book of Acts. Now in chapter 16 and 17, I'll just tell you about it and you can look at it. Verse 16 uses the word perish. And verse 17 uses the word death or killed. Now, to share with you the difference, and I'm going to give you a testimony here. Perish is what happens to the soul of man without Jesus. Death and killing happens to the body. And it speaks about killing and death to the body of some, but it speaks about the perishing of the soul. Jesus taught us, don't fear those who can kill the body, but fear the one who can destroy the soul. There's something I want to show you here about perishing. Look at, let me read verse 18 to you. But not a hair of your head shall be lost. By your patience possessed your souls. Now how can this be? He talked about death. And he talked about perishing. And now he says not a hair of your head will be touched. Well go on to verse uh, 20. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that his desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart. And, and let not those who are in the country enter into her. For these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. For there will be a great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and led away captive into the nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. I want to stop right there. Now listen, how many of you have ever heard of Josephus, the uh, Greek historian? This is what G Josephus wrote in 70 A.D. Over 1.1 million Jews were killed in Jerusalem and Israel. 1.1 million were killed. But this is what was found in the writings of Josephus. Out of that 1.1 million, this is very important, now listen. Out of that 1.1 million Jews who were killed, according to Josephus, not one born-again believer was killed out of that 1.1 million. You want to know why? The Christians were told, when you see the army surrounding Jerusalem, the Christians were told, when you see desolation coming, flee from the city and don't come into the city. The ones who went into the city were destroyed. 
The ones who didn't know the Word of God were destroyed. Now listen, this is part of the signs of the times and being grounded in the Word of God. This will tell us, this will be the strength and the stability of our times, how to escape the wrath which is to come. Now if we don't know the Word of God, if they didn't know the Word of God, they would have stayed in Jerusalem and they would have been killed and crucified along with the 1.1 million. But according to Josephus, not one born-again believer was killed. It said there, if you listen to these words, not one hair on your head will perish. <laughs> Amen, church. Amen, church. When we study this word and we pray and we pray for discernment and insight, God is able to rescue you and to keep you from any of the harm and destruction. Listen, I told you before, it says, be counted worthy that you may escape. Say escape. Escape the wrath to come. I don't know about you, but I'm believing I'm going to escape it. And some people may say, oh, you've got the escape doctrine. Amen, hallelujah, amen, I sure do. I'm not going to stick around and watch heads cut off and all that other stuff. I, I'm going to be in glory in Jesus' name. And I want to have a real nice horse because I love horses and I'm coming back with Jesus. With Him as King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. But isn't this something that not one of their heads were destroyed because they did not go into the city and died because they were told how to escape. Church, I don't know why we got to go to church so much. I don't know why we got to read the Bible. I don't know why we got to pray. I don't even know why we got to fast. To learn how to escape the destruction. Amen, church. How you know we better obey? Amen. Verse 24 says, until the time of the Gentiles were fulfilled. Let me just share this with you as, as I come to a, another, another closing right quick. The time of the Gentiles is speaking of the Romans. Now listen to this. Jerusalem and Israel was overtaken by the enemy. The temple was destroyed and Israel was not a state or a nation for 2,000 years. In 1948, the Jews started going back to Israel. In 1968, Israel and Jerusalem, after 2,000 years, belonged to the Jewish people once again. For 2,000 years, the, the time of the Gentiles, for 2,000 years, Europe, Asia, and America has been in the news. Israel wasn't even, didn't even exist. But in 1968, how many have heard about Israel quite a bit since then? How many continue hearing about Israel? Why? Jesus speaks in verse 39. Look at the fig tree. Look at Israel. See the buds. That will be the sign to you. Watch Israel. Because when Israel is once again a nation, then my coming is soon at hand. Watch the fig tree. Watch Israel. When you start hearing and seeing about Israel again, know that I'm soon, my feet's going to touch Mount, uh, Mount Olives and I'm going to take it over and it's over with. Hallelujah. Watch Israel. And since 1968, we've been hearing about Israel. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now listen. It talks about the age of the Gentiles. Uh, how many know something's up? Something's up, amen? 
The age of the Gentiles come to, it says the age of the Gentile draws near, or in other words, the rapture. At the end of the age of the Gentiles, we are going to be taken up. And then, then that's when the Antichrist and God is going to start warring over Israel. And we'll talk more about that in the time to come. But the non-Jewish, the believers, are going to be caught up. And in verse chapter 17, it says that they will be taken. And uh, one will be left and one will be taken. And then tribulation starts in verse 25. And also in Revelation 15 through 19, talks about uh, mid-tribulation, uh, the tribulation time. And it talks about, look at this, I'm going to show you something here. Verse 25. And there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and on the earth distress of nations and perplexity and the sea of the waves roaring and the hearts of men felling them and so forth and so on. Let me just share these things with you. According to what the study has been done of these scriptures here, in a moment's time, 10 billion stars, a third of the moon and a third of the sun is going to go out. Ten billion stars are going to go out. God's going to flip the blaker, the blaker. God's going to flip the breaker, and the heavens are going to be darkened. Thank God we're going to be where there's no 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 nighttime. It's just the glory of God. Amen. But what's talking about here, and this is the study it's made. Ten billion lights are going to go out. A third of the sun, a third of the moon, is going to be out. And it talks there about the tides are going to go up 35 feet or more. 35 feet or more because of the, the changing of the moon and the sun. The 35 feet tides and higher roaring seeds. It talks about it right there. How many of you know, I don't want to be here. Then it talks about, and we'll talk about this later on, five months of being stung by the beast. I ain't looking. It says in Psalms 91, we tread upon the beast. We don't have to be stung by the beast. Amen. And then it talks about John saw... A mountain on fire, in other words, an asteroid. An asteroid, is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah you, I mean, you've seen Armageddon. A mountain on fire is going to hit the sea and a third of the ships are going to be destroyed. It talks about that in Matthew. A third of the ships are going to be destroyed because a mountain of fire is going to hit the sea and destroy. Don't you know people are going to be shook up? Do you know what's coming? Is going to, they say it's going to be a hundred times worse than the panic that happened for 9-11. A hundred times worse than 9-11. But the thing about it is, is once it starts, it's not going to end, church. And you know the other thing about it is, we're not going to be here to comfort the people. They're going to be panicking and crying out. And saying, why didn't I pay attention to the preacher? Why didn't I read the word and escape the wrath to come? Why did I want to slinger in my sin longer? Why did I want to be selfish and live my life? Nothing on earth satisfies enough for me to be living hell on earth and facing an eternity of hell. I told one of my boys the other day, I said, you know what the hell's like? When your mama cooks the sausages. And that sausage is just oozing. And, and, and the oil is oozing out and, and, and splattering in the pan. You're the sausage. And the grease is hail. And it'll never cease. And it'll never stop. That's hell. That's the fire of hell.
That's the wrath to come. That's the wrath to come. And that's why we're studying. Holy Spirit teaches and help us to be prepared. And to tell others about the wrath to come. No stability of earth. He says the hearts of men will fail. The courage will fail. There's no hope. And he says things have already begun. But you know what he says there? Verse 28. Now when all these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draw nigh. You know what he's telling the church? This is what it says in the Greek. Stand up straight. Things are happening all around you. Stand up straight like you're stupid. Just stand up straight like nothing's happening. And you're standing up straight. And they go, what you looking at? You looking for another meteor? No. I'm listening for a trumpet. And the cloud to split. And the eastern sky to split. And my Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. He says, stand up straight. Don't walk around fearful. You ever seen these shows about General Washington and all these others where all the soldiers are crouched down? And there's these generals just walking and they go, aren't you scared? And they're just walking like the bullets can't bother them. Well, I want you to know when you study the word and you get prepared for the last times, whatever you hear, whatever you see, courage will not fail you because you know, you know what? The wrath's not for the bride. The wrath is for the world. And I'm not of this world, so I'm not going to go through it in Jesus' name. Don't bury your head. Lift up your head. Your redemption draws nigh. Now, let me just share this with you, and I'll quit for the third time and the final time. I promise. I'll stop here. We'll just continue later on. I'll stop. Stop. Now, just a thought. 1968, Israel was recognized as a nation. <laughs> Saul reigned for 40 years. That's considered a generation. David reigned for 40 years, and that's considered a generation. Israel was in the desert for 40 years, and that's considered a generation. Solomon reigned for 40 years, and that's considered a generation. So, we don't know God's time clock. But one thing about it, if 40 years is a generation, and it started in 1968, we may be getting awfully close. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus is coming back this year or tonight. But I am saying, you don't know. And I don't know. But I do know he's coming back. And I want to be ready. And I want to be watching. And I want to be prepared. I don't want to be in GGs. I don't want to be somewhere doing something. I don't want Jesus to catch me doing. Because if I'm in the wrong place, he'll leave me there. If I'm doing the wrong thing, he'll leave me there. And I don't want to be that sausage. I don't like heat. I like air conditioned. I love peace. But the end time message, are you ready? If he comes back tonight, will you be taken or will you be the one left? If he comes back tomorrow, will you be taken or will you be left? There's so many things here about studying that we will study. But it all comes down to this. Are you ready to meet Jesus in the twinkling of an eye? Let's stand, please. <clears throat> every head bowed and every eye closed.
Christians praying. We've been walking in a season where we are opening our hearts and crying out for God to show us what He would have us to do. You thought it was the trumpet, did you? You better get up here and get saved right now. You see, God did that. You better. You thought it was the trumpet and you were going to hell. You better come up here right now and get saved. I could feel the fear in this place. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. You see, you weren't expecting that? That's how the trumpet's going to be. You see, God's talking to somebody here. Close your eyes again. Get reverence. Behave yourself. <laughs> Thank God that's funny. And if you're ready, the real thing's going to be awesome. But my question as we dismiss tonight, are you ready right now? Don't, don't see how far you can go and how much you can do and how much you think you can enjoy. Don't push it to the limit. I'll never forget that little lady who came in here one Sunday morning got saved. And the next week, going back from work, she hid that tree and she died. She made it to heaven by just a week. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, I want you to raise your hand and say, I want to receive salvation in my heart. God bless you, sir. Anyone else? I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ and make Him the Lord of my life. I want to give my life to Him so that when that trumpet blows and when Jesus comes back, or if I die before He comes, I know that I will die, I will die in Christ and therefore I will live in Christ. Anyone at all else, raise your hand. You want to get your life right with Christ. Tonight is the night. Don't leave here. Don't leave here. About getting your life right tonight. Don't leave here. Without getting your life right with Christ tonight. Please, anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone at all? I want to give my life to Jesus. Maybe you've known Him, but you've wandered away from Him. Anyone at all? Anyone at all, I want you to give your life over to Him right now. You need to rededicate your life. Raise your hand. I haven't been living the way I should, and I want to get my life right right now. Anyone at all, raise your hand. Anyone at all. Anyone at all. Anyone at all. As Christians are praying, sir, would you come and let me pray with you? Raise your hand. If there's anybody else, there's time. There's time to come and give your life to Christ. I saw you in worship. I'm, I'm sure you're saved, but you raised your hand. If you just look for me, uh, everybody just pray. Close your eyes. Sir, that raised your hand in the corner. You're saved? He must be because he's not looking at me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I surrender my heart to you. I surrender my life. And all that I am, I give it to you, Jesus. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. You shed your blood to destroy the power of death, the power of sin, and all of its stain. I receive my forgiveness 
and my salvation tonight. And I thank you that you have washed me and you have cleansed me from all stain of all sin and all iniquity. And I stand righteous just as if I've never sinned before. I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and give the Lord praise for that.